Isn't she amazing? And looking good. I do it, Wired. On sale right now. 8% off. Amazon just knows that maybe I need a third. I don't know how you're going to do this. All right, greetings and welcome. After a lengthy respite to a potentially useful TCAP Sloop Ed Tech podcast, my name is Larry Burden, and she's a trendsetter, a tastemaker, an influencer of the highest order. She's one to watch for 2023. It's Danielle Brostrom. Just going to let that sit for a little bit and allow Danielle to take a moment and collect herself while we take a deep breath. For today's TCAP Sloop moment of zen, the chief beauty about time is that you cannot waste it in advance. The next year, the next day, the next hour are lying ready for you, as perfect, as unspoiled, as if you had never wasted or misapplied a single moment in all your life. You can turn over a new leaf every hour, if you choose. And that was by Arnold Bennett. I had never heard that quote before. It's beautiful. So now we can exhale. With that, I just wanted to say thanks for restarting the show. I'm so excited. So much fun. I'm, very, I'm very excited for this. Kind of um, reworking some some uh, brain cells here that I don't usually uh, have an opportunity to because really, I'm not in the same field anymore. To some extent, still in education, but not necessarily in ed tech as much. So this is really a nice to kind of get back into it, see what's happening in the classroom and what you guys are working on. So I'm really looking forward to that. And speaking of in the classroom, I just wanted to say it is Staff Appreciation Week for TCAPs. And I do believe it's Teacher Appreciation Week nationally. So um, shout out to all of our educators because you guys do amazing work and you really are shaping the future of our world. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. With that, you have a very, very, very audacious uh, set of uh, goals, um, our our show plan, which you changed, by the way, for everybody. Uh, Because it wasn't enough that we're restarting the podcast. No, that wasn't enough. Danielle throws a, a, a great, a great pod topic, very topical. It was awesome. And she's like, mm, no, no, no. We're still actually, by the way, you didn't take that topic off. <laughs> you just added more. It's okay. There's only like a million words written about that topic right now. So there's no content at all to research. And then, oh, 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 we're just going to do this and this and this. So if we get through 10%, Larry. this is the sampler. What do you have for us today, Daniel? Hi, Larry. That is, oh, there we go. Nothing's changed. Hello. I want to talk about the best ed tech tools to try right now. I feel like May can be kind of a bummer. You know, you're you're super excited about the end of the school year and getting done with, with the kids and getting them to where they need to be, but it's also a lot of pressure. And I feel like educators right now might be looking for something new, something fun to try to kind of change things up a little bit. And kids might be looking for something fun and something different to kind of change things a little bit too. So some of the tools I'm going to share today are to help increase student engagement. And some of the tools I'm going to share today are to make a teacher's life easier. And some of the tools I'm going to share today are just fun. So I have a little list. 
let's go down. Can I dive in? Should, should I actually play like the tech tool of the week theme dun, at some dun, point? Dun. Should I drop that in? Or should we actually wait that? I'm going to drop it in. There's going to be a drop. So the first thing I want to talk about is chat GPT. We've have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? What is it, Larry? I mean, we had an episode. We did. Um, actually, I think it was our last episode. We discussed chat GPT a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot, a lot said about it. And honestly, I've waffled all over the place on this on a lot of different levels. And there's, you know, there's a lot of galaxy brain thoughts as far as that's concerned. It's interesting because this was supposed to be our topic for the day. When I started to do some research, what I, I was very surprised at how educators were really looking at it as a tool. Almost, I don't want to say universally, but a large amount of the educational resources I saw were like, we have to make use of this. Yeah, we have to make use of it. The kids know how to use it. The kids are using it anyways. So I, I feel like we need to work with our students. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is kind of using chat GPT or any of the other large language models. I mean, you can use BARD, you can use, um, I mean, those are the only two that I kind of interchange between, but it doesn't matter. But using that is more of a think aloud. So pulling up a topic that you're working with in your classroom or that a student is working on and ask it the question. Ask ChatGPT to formulate a response for it. Do this in front of the class. Show the kids what you got and then say, what do you think? Is this okay? Is this good? How would you change it? How would you improve it? How would you make it better? And even more, what mistakes did this thing make? Because we noticed that ChatGPT is extremely confident, confident and it will lie to you with so much confidence that you will believe it. So the, I think that's important for the kids to know is that they can't just take whatever comes from ChatGPT or these other large language models and just use it and assume that it's all going to be factual information. They need to know how to look at it and read it and research the facts. And I mean, what a great chance to pull in some of those news literacy concepts that we want to work on with kids. I think that um, the... The ways that you could use it as a teacher in that think aloud model and help guide your students to use it for good and not evil. I think that's a necessity as a teacher, really. Find a way to make it a tool. I want, I want, you, I want you to clarify, if you could, something that you had said, which um, when, you, when you said it lies to you. Yes. I think it is AI, but you're giving it some cognition. Thank you. Where, where it's actually making a decision to do that. It might be a good idea to maybe elaborate on what you're what you mean when you say lie to you. Thank you for calling me on that. Um, the responses that you get back from ChatGPT are not always fact filled. The way that those large large language models I'm having a struggle a saying that today. It, that is a lot. The way that they work is that they um, use all the data that they've gathered into their um, database and they kind of predict. It's like a predictor. So it'll predict what word should come next and formulate a response. So it's it's not sentient. It can't, you know, make decisions. It can't physically lie to you. Yes. It's not trying to get you. It's not trying to get you. But the responses that it pulls back and gives to you are not always fact-filled because of that like prediction method. So you can't always trust it. It would be like assuming that everything that you see online is factual because it's doing the same thing. It's For just sure. looking at all that content and as it's skimming it, oddly, I don't know how the programming works to know if it understands exactly how bias works 
or what the difference is between a narrative story or a fictional story and something else? Or is it just looking at the whole scope? I think a lot of the developers are working on making sure that it's not biased and that it doesn't give out information that's false, but it's just hard to control right now. You know, everything is coming so quickly, especially with AI. I, I, I do eventually think there needs to be a big discussion between, you know, lawmakers and developers and how this is all going to work. Okay. And I know, we will so easily, and I dive. so want to get into the weeds <laughs> on this. So, so we're going to stop nope, that. Nope, stop, nope. stop the conversation. I think it is really interesting because there is a whole other aspect of this, which is um, where you started here, which is the tool. Yes. Um, how many ways um, I did a real quick watch of um, Khan Academy, uh, gentlemen. Um, he did a Salcon. Salcon. Thank you. He did a TED talk on it wasn't chat GPT, but it was another AI that they're working on and was showing some of the uses that they're planning on their environment. And it was really, you know, again, I had, I definitely have a bias in regards to AI. And I was like, wow, it can be a really useful tool. They were talking about it as a tutor. Oh, of course. If it's well-designed, you know, so you can have that almost one-on-one instruction at a remedial level to some extent. But if there is a very specific piece of remediation that a student needs, this can be very useful for that. It's not new. Again, we're not talking about replacing teachers by any no, stretch. No, enhancing what the teachers but do in, and making yeah. their job easier. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. I've used ChatGPT. I've used it to write some difficult emails that I didn't quite know how to formulate. Or, man, the other day I got a sympathy card that I needed to write out and I was struggling to get across what I wanted to say. So I did pull it up on ChatGPT and then took what was there and reformulated it and made it my own. So I use it as kind of a starter. You know, you think about writer's block. Oh, it's so real. You know, it's it's funny because there is a podcast that I listen to and one of the individuals is a writer. And will readily say that it's the his least favorite thing to do is is writing. However, it's also the most fulfilling thing, but it is certainly the least favorite thing to do because it's that starter. That's the fear of the blank page. One of the cool things is chat GPT might actually start that process to get the ball rolling. And I think a lot of our students have that similar fear. They might have all the thoughts in their head, but how to get those thoughts onto the paper is that's a that's that's an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> it's an it adventure is. It there. is. But the kids need to be taught to use it for good and not evil. Yes. So that's what we can yep. do with it. Okay? Next go, one. Go on, go on. Way to, wrap that, way to wrap that up, by Canva. the way. Canva. Well, I almost tried to, but you brought me back. So thank you for that. Um, Canva for education. Canva is free to schools when you sign up um, through their education portal, canva.com slash education. And whoa. There is a lot of really good stuff in Canva. Kids can create their own designs. They can co-create their designs with a team or a partner. Um, And this is, you know, posters and uh, social media advertisements and uh, presentations and videos and websites and just docs that are visually appealing. One of the cool things that I, I hadn't thought about using this for, TCEA, which is the um, Texas Education Group, kind of like the Texas version of McCall, they shared something earlier last month, I think, that was how you could use Canva for podcasting for students, where 
they would use that video portion of Canva to actually create the podcast and how easy it was to have kids in there and doing that and sharing. And just the capabilities that Canva has and the abilities that both teachers and students can use it for some pretty amazing projects that look so professional. I am so very excited. We just enrolled in Canva for Education here at TCAPS. Like last week, we finally got the connection made and it blasts out an email to everyone, all of our staff that said, hey, you now have Canva for Education. So, all right, we're rolling with it. We were so excited that teachers can now use this. So students will roll out to them in the fall, but educators and school staff, we have it now. It seems like it's similar in some ways, uh, a much more aggressive version of Adobe Spark. Yes. This is really cool and and really useful and really interesting to see what teachers decide to do with it. Um, I think it's it opens up a world that could take some of that really stale educational content and make it really nice and really appealing and attractive and interesting to students. For sure. The whole Canva for Teachers um, side portion um, just has examples of lesson plans and um, different calendar templates and different different things that teachers can use in their personal day. But if you go to Canva on YouTube, there is a whole entire, there's there, I mean, there's a side hustle that you can get into with selling t-shirts that you've created through Canva and things like that. But the amount of things that you can use Canva for and the things that you can create through Canva, just go to YouTube and do a little bit of a, of a dive into how you can use Canva. When you're looking at that side hustle as a vocational class, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of districts, certainly ours, have vocational classes. Canva would be super useful for that type of environment. For sure. Does it tie into Brightspace? How 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 seamless is that integration? Good question. Um, we are still learning how it integrates, but um, we are currently making the connection between Canva and Brightspace so that teachers can turn in their. I'm sorry, students can turn in their work through Brightspace, and that work has been completed in Canva. So the integration should be seamless, and it should be very, very nice. That sounds exciting. Yeah. I would like to spend more time. I'm going to be spending more time with this, and I think it's 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 really going to be an upgrade over the creative tools that we currently have for our teachers. For alternative assessments for students, even. Mm -hmm. Like, man, there was a teacher oh, that— Oh, smiling somewhere. He is, he is. <laughs> The responses that I've gotten back from staff when I sent out the, hey, you got Canva, uh, they, they've been so thrilled because those who have been using it for a while see the possibilities. Um, one teacher sent me some copies of student work, things like All About Me posters, um, historical figure scrapbooks, uh, different things. This is in a different language. This one is, so I'm assuming it's for a Spanish class, um, biography posters of famous people. It's so cool. It's like goosebumpy what kids can showcase on Canva. I'm not familiar with the next one. Okay, talking points. The next one is talking points, talkingpts.org. Um, it is a way to communicate with families in their home language and build strong partnerships. Um, it's a nonprofit organization, so it's completely free. What's incredible is how ridiculously easy this is to use both on the teacher side and on the parent side. Because typically, if you have a student in your classroom whose family does not have English as their first language, 
it can be difficult to communicate with them as much as you would communicate with other families, whether that's right, wrong. I mean, it's definitely wrong. <laughs> Wait a second. It's definitely wrong. And those kids deserve that communication. And those families deserve that robust communication. So Talking Points makes it super easy. You um, sign up and you've got this little portal and when you send the message to the family, they instantly get a text that introduces talking points and um, tells the family that this is like how I'm going to communicate with you this year. And it's all in their language. So it's not like, like I think about some of the other services we would have used in the past. We would have sent home a translated letter and families would have to get on a device, which the site was probably in English and, and get on there and then change the language. It was just more, so much more complicated. Whereas with talking points, your families are getting a text. It's in their language. You can send photos. You can send little updates. They can respond to you in Spanish or whatever language. You read it in English. You respond to them in English. They read your response in Spanish. It just completely breaks down those barriers so that that robust communication that those kids deserve is happening and it's happening easily on both sides. You know, the, the it's easy for the families and it's easy for the teacher. It's a babel fish. What? I, just, I do your, Why do you do that to me? I just want to throw that reference out there and see if any, somebody got it right now. Again, Noler smiling. Why do you do this? Anyway. Okay. How do we make teachers aware that that is available? Where can they find that? That well, that's talking points t a l k i n g p t s dot org. Um, it's just on there, and you can just sign up for free. So that's um, not in our cloud. Not in our cloud. Not yet. That's no. They, Brand and, you've, new. and you've obviously vetted it, so I it's all, of course you have. That is great. Okay, I am going to actually. I'm. Just, I'm going to do this. I'm shelving the next two. You're shelving the next I'm shelving two. Shelving the next two. Okay. We'll, we'll get. You promise. This, this is in our last pod. So, okay. after all these tech tools, what's the tech tool of the week? Tech tool of the week is well, Wired TC is back, and not only is Wired TC back, but we've chosen our keynote. Um, Alexis Stahl. Alexis is um, um, Alexis is a Michigander and. First of all, you should go check her out. We've been following her on YouTube, youtube.com, Alexis Dahl. Um, we are in love with her. She makes all kinds of videos about how amazing and wonderful Michigan is and the wondrous, unique places and that we're right here in our backyard and how fascinating just things can be. She used to work for SciShow, which I don't know if you know SciShow. Um, I'm familiar. A YouTube series that brings science to kids. And she is just an absolute delight. She is a maker. Um, she's an artist. I cannot wait for our people to hear from her. Actually, this would be one of my tech tools to try right now as well. I would put on one of her videos for my class because I learned so much about Black Rocks and about the statue that's at Belle Isle and about Kitchen and Kippy, which is like 10 minutes from where I grew up and I'd been there a hundred times and there was so much history there that I didn't know. I think the way that she looks at the world and finds the stories in what is out there that we look at every day, I think it's just beautiful. And I think our teachers are going to love hearing from her. So wiretc.net, sign up, wiretc.net slash keynote. Go check out Alexis, but she's going to be awesome. How many years is this now? Mm, eight. What a run. I know. What a run. You're awesome. eight. Awesome. 
That's excellent. So where can loop heads find you, Danielle? We love questions. If you have any questions or um, uh, topics that you want to bring up with us, I'll say, you know, burdenlottcaps.net is probably the easiest. Um, I don't think either one of us are much on Twitter. No, I still have my Twitter um, just because I needed to do some promotion for some of the events that I'm running, but it's not my active place now. Um, I'm more on LinkedIn. Um, So find me on LinkedIn at BrostromDA. With that, rate and review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Podbean, our host, uh, Pocket Cast, Downcast, Overcast, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. Jiminy, I saw you. Like, stop.